Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Uh, I'm Ted. He's Drew. She's Toonces. Once again, normally we, we start the show off with a, a little quick tribute to some of our favorite TV shows from the past. But once again, we have to convey some sad news that happened to Vikings legend, another Vikings legend. Last week, we talked about the, uh, the passing of Mick Tinglehoff. This week, it's one of Mick Tinglehoff's former teammates and line mates, longtime Vikings stalwart Steve Riley who passed away earlier this week. Uh, Drew, man, this is another gut punch, man. He's another, another one of these players that was, that was so instrumental in our childhood with the Purple People Eaters. And, you know, Steve Riley came in at the latter half of that, of that era and, and played into the 80s, though. So he was kind of one of those also transitional guys as the Vikings moved away from that era and into the Metrodome in the, the 1980s. Yeah, another, another sad passing, both off that, off that stellar offensive line. He was more of the, the guy you never heard about because Yeri and Ed White, Mick Tinglehoff, they got most of the publicity. But he was just a solid player. Played over there 11 seasons. Steve Riley was uh, a heck of a player. Real quiet guy, what I heard. Bucks Left tackle, loved too. Yeah. You know, the, 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 key, the key position on that line, and he played it for 11 years, played in two Super Bowls. Playing left tackle in the mid-'70s was no easy task, Ted Glover. It was not. And he did a pretty doggone good job. They had uh, the bookend tackles from USC. Played his high school ball down in San Diego, just like Ed White. Yeah. Um, so the, both those guys are right on my right on my porch down there, little outskirt town, Chula Vista, which is right next door to where I grew up in Spring Valley. Went to USC, which is offensive line U, at the beginning of the seventies. Uh, played there, won a national championship. Matter of fact, played on the nineteen seventy two undefeated team. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to mention who they beat in the Rose Bowl. You don't want to talk about that? I don't, really, no. Okay, we'll pass on who they beat. <laughs> what Michigan? Schmuck eyes. Um, <laughs> national championship in 73. The 25th overall pick in 1974, Steve Riley, first rounder. Matter of fact, we had two that year. The great Fred McNeil, the linebacker, I think played for UCLA. We took him at 17. We came back at 25, eight picks later, and took big Steve Riley, and he didn't disappoint. He's a solid player. There, another guy that we, remember we talked about last week. How many guys from the old school Vikings never got hurt? Always, yeah. Played. And he was right. another one of those guys. Yeah, we could throw him right in that pot, Ted. Sure could. Sure. Eleven could. seasons, 138 games. As a matter of fact, there's only four Minnesota Viking tackles who played more games than Stephen Bruce Riley. Really. Would you like to guess them? Uh, let's see. So Riley played for 11 years. Tackle. Bryant McKinney, maybe? That would be negative. Okay. Um, the, guy that, the guy that Riley took over for was number two all time in games played. Would play. that be either Grady Alderman? Yes. Okay, Grady Alderman. Yeri? Ron Yeri is number one, 199 games played for the Vikings. Okay. And, and so I got, I got one more. Yeri, Grady Alderman. The only tougher. name that comes to the top of my head is Todd, Todd Stucey. But I don't. I probably don't think that's it. That's close. It was Tim Irwin. Oh, Tim Irwin. 188 games. Will Stallward player himself. But Steve Riley, he was, man, think about how many big games Steve Riley played in. Played in all those big games at USC. Yep. Played in two NFC championships for the Vikings. And which, which means you, you won both those games, 74 and 76, was it? And mm -hmm. then yep. played, played in two Super Bowls. He played in seven different seasons where the Vikings went to the postseason. So the guy played his whole career just played in big games. And yeah. uh, I remember when Grant Grant first when we first got Steve, 
Riley Grant talked about how he was going to play for 10 or 12 years and just call it your, perfectly. And I love how that's your favorite saying when we talk about offensive yeah. linemen coming He's, into the draft. For the next 10 years. But Bud was right about it. Said he was the nicest guy. Said he was an extremely intelligent player. But another tough guy who never complained, just did his job, very easy to coach. And, and Bud Grant loved him. He loved that offense. He loved that offensive line. He loved all those guys. And, and just, you know, another one of those guys that that was was such the personification of that era. Quiet, hardworking, never got hurt, did his job very well, and, and was more worried about the overall team success than, than individual attention or accolades. I mean, it's just, you know, how many of those guys did – did that era uh, produce? They seem to just get guys that fit right into that mold. They're all like cut from the same cloth, man. Yeah, all of them. Again, our condolences to uh, to the Riley family. I know that's of little comfort, but but again, like like we said when McTinglehoff passed away, I hope there's some comfort in knowing that uh, Steve Riley brought a uh, lot of joy to a lot of Vikings fans for a lot of years. So rest in peace, Steve Riley. Number seventy eight, your program, but number one in your heart. All right. Thanks, Dad. Uh, I do believe now. What time is it, Drew? I'm cooler than you are, so why don't you fix your little problem? <laughs> and light this candle. <laughs> right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, welcome to episode 34, everybody. Tootsies, how are you doing this fine evening? Uh, I don't think that I can say uh, the words on YouTube, <laughs> how I'm feeling after that game. Ryan's oh. clock. I heard it yesterday. <laughs> right, stuck. Right when they're running the kicker out at the end, there's Ruby. Second game in a row, it's coming down to the kicker. They're going to kill us this year. You're going to die. <laughs> Drew, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Chad. It's always fun to hang out with you and talk some football and I wish the team won more, but had a great time yesterday on our live show. Wherever missed it, we gave yeah. out a prize. We had a we good did. time. We talked Viking football. Who won our prize, Ted? You might be walking around lucky. I'm not even know. Uh, that'd be Mr. Riley Emmert, who uh, who had a couple of uh, pretty good comments that we we deemed were worthy of uh, a selection from our Viking Update prize vault, which is kind of like kind of like one of those claw prize machines you get. You know, like a Denny's or whatever, except it's virtual and you get to pick what you want and you're guaranteed to win and it doesn't cost you anything. We got to calm down, honey. It's okay. We got to calm down, honey. I could never hook anything on that thing, dude. Never. Another thing that's not going so well. We have a season-long fantasy football contest going on with the boys over at Vikings Uncensored. Last week we lost for 0-1. Uh, as we are heading into Monday Night Football, we are currently trailing them by a fairly decent margin. We might catch up, we might win, but it looks like, much like the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Vikings report fantasy football team is going to go 0-2 on the year. <laughs> and now, I hope you know, uh, now, if we drop to 0 2, there's only an 11.7% chance we'll make the fantasy football playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know Rhino and Lance are living large today, man. Oh, man. We got to so, come back and beat them. If we're betting a we steak do. dinner, 
don't know if you've never seen Lance. He's a big boy. What's the biggest steak in the world? Was it 60 ounces or something? I don't know. I, yeah, it's probably something out down in Texas, I would imagine. 150 ounce steak challenge. Oakenshaw is 150 ounce rump steak. Um, weight wise, it's about 10, well, it's worth 10 pints of lager or two big bull puppies more than a newborn baby. I bet Lance can put some steak away along with some bourbon. We need to move on to our Minnesota Fighting Vikings who yeah. dropped another tough game 0-2 on the year, brother. 0-2 on the year. Four points. To show you how improbable or, or to describe how improbable losing was for the Vikings yesterday. It's like, this is one of those, you know, we talk about it periodically. Like, only the Minnesota Vikings could do this. Before their loss at Arizona on Sunday, teams with a pick six, which Nick Vigil, third quarter, three-plus passing TDs, three or more passing touchdowns, which the Vikings had, 175 yards or more rushing yards, in an NFL game were 78-1. and one in NFL history. That is now 78 and dos. What? 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 Yeah. Why do we do these dumb things? Ah. Uh, 78 and one. Yeah. Going into yesterday. Now it's 78. <laughs> not, not one, shocked. not two. <laughs> what was the surprise, Ted Glover? When that guy ran out of the field, what were you actually sitting there thinking watching that? What was your true thought? I thought it was 50-50 at best, and I wish they'd gotten another 10 yards. I thought he was going to miss. Is that sad, or is that gloom, or what? Is that The gloom has entered my mind. The yeah. Gloom. The gloom has taken over Drew's mind. There's not a lot of things that could get in there and take that over. That thing is a mushy sponge, bro. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this yesterday on Vikings Report Rewind. If you missed the show, check it out on our YouTube page, Vikings Report Rewind. Please be kind and rewind if you get a chance. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, I like Pretty that good show. Fan. Our friend Christopher Gates joins us after every game, and we, we do it live. We do and what? I, we do it live! <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it, we'll do it live! And thing sucks! <laughs> That's a Vikings report staple right there, isn't it? So, and I was thinking, and we had talked about this yesterday, when K.J. Osborne had made that catch at the 20, I it was right at the 20, there was like 41 seconds left, and the Vikings had one timeout. And they just decided to run the clock down and bring Joseph out for a 36-37 yarder. Okay. Now... Should an NFL kicker make a 37-yarder? Yes, he should. It wasn't even on the half shooter, right in the dead center of the field. Yeah, but I, I still don't understand, and I, maybe it's because, you know, Dalvin Cook fumbled while they in overtime last week. But when you've got 40 seconds and one timeout, there are a whole bunch of plays in the Vikings playbook that are, are high-percentage, low-risk plays, passes, out-passes, short curl, whatever. You don't have to go for the end zone, but if you get another 10 or 15 yards, the percentage chances of going from field goal 
being good, go from like 85% there, which is pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good up to like 99. If it's a, if it's, if it becomes a chip shot and, and I'm kind of surprised the Vikings didn't try and get a little bit more yardage. Were you surprised by that? It seemed like we about had them back on their heels even during that drive. Not they only were, were gassed. We, yeah, their defense was gassed. Right. I mean, I would have took a couple more, you know, maybe a little play action, roll out, square out pass to Thielen, the, the one that led him up to the first down to get into that position. It's a really safe pass. Cousins can make that pass. Yeah, and he was uh, all day, and he's been great all year. He's been great the first two games. I, I think Zimmer got gun shy on the whole thing, Ted. Well, Kirk Cousins was asked about this in the post game, and, and Sam Ekstrom, and I, I wouldn't watch the video, and Sam Ekstrom tweeted this out. He said, Kirk Cousins acknowledged that Greg Joseph could make kicks from 50 yards and beyond if needed, but also said this about the final drive. I think you still want to get as many yards as you can, be greedy, and get all you can so that you're not asking too much of somebody. Is that pushback from Kirk right there? That was my question. Do you think he's maybe getting a little bus out himself and throwing Zim under it? <laughs> you imagine Kirk running over somebody in a bus? Oh, I'm very sorry. Yeah, it does. It does sound like there's a little jab in there, Ted. I think Cousins would like to have thrown the touchdown pass right there to win the game himself, you know, and not have to run the kicker out. That would have been good for, you know, he gets ripped on all the time. He probably wanted to score right there himself. Or maybe not score, but just get the Vikings into a, like a college extra point range. Get him down inside the 10. I mean, the, the chances of that being missed, if you give Joseph another five yards, I think that kick is going through. I think so, too. And what kind of felt weird was, Chad, when we had that pass, it's like 42 seconds. It seemed like every and we had a timeout. So it wasn't like we were going to get, you know, we had that in our back pocket, too. In an emergency insurance situation, you always have that timeout. It seemed like everybody was kind of like standing around. Yeah. And, and it did kind of look like the offense was looking around going, what are we doing? Why, why don't we get up to the line of scrimmage, run another play? Because, like you said, Arizona's defense was kind of gassed. They were on their heels. I, I think, think so. they could have very easily gotten another 10 or 15 yards and run the clock down and, and given Joseph uh, an even better shot at making that field goal. Although I can't excuse him for missing a 37-yard or whatever it was. You have to make those kicks in the NFL. You just do. There's no leeway or wiggle room for a kicker. There isn't. No. You don't, you don't run. You don't freaking block. You don't carry the ball. You don't have to tackle anybody. What, what would you say you do here? You get no wiggle room. You got to hit everything when you're out there. You got everything. And if people will say, well, he's hit some pretty long field goals. Didn't hit the game winner. That's the one that counted. And he missed the extra point, And the Vikings lost by one. So in Zimmer's defense, he could say, well, last week I tried to get an extra play and Cook fumbled, even though that was around the 40-yard line. And he could say, the ball was dead center and 37 yards is a chip shot. I can't. What am I supposed to do if the guy doesn't hit it? You have your franchise quarterback. You have two really – well, three, if you want to count K.J. Osborne because you had another phenomenal game, and he caught that pass that got him into the 20. So you've got three really good targets, plus you've got Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield, unless you want to put him on the bench and put him Amir Abdullah like you did at the end of the first oh, half. He's a – Holy mother of God. Mother of God. But whatever. Finally, the last one in, in yesterday's post-game press conference – Mike Zimmer said, you know, we are probably just two plays away from being 2-0. and 
you know, we're probably two plays away from being two and zero. So, hmm. you know what? Texans what? are a few plays away from being two. Hey, Jacksonville, we're a few plays away from being undefeated too. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You didn't get it done. You're not. No. In 15 weeks, they'll be 17 plays from being undefeated. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Now he can put that in his pipe and smoke it. That's kind of a loser mentality or an excuse, isn't it? It means you're 0-2. You know, we're probably two plays away from being 2-0, so... It, it means you lost both games! You either get it done or you're not getting it done, Ted Glover. Zimmer's lose Whatever backer Zimmer had, and he didn't have a lot going into this year fan-wise, it's starting to really turn on him. reason Greg Joseph missed that kick is not the reason the Vikings lost. It's a contributing factor. Sure. You want to know what the big weak link is through this team through two games? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You're the weakest link. You are the weakest oh. link. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> through two games, the Minnesota Vikings defense, this juggernaut defense that Mike Zimmer has molded in his own eye, has given up 913 <laughs> yards. More than last year after two games. 61 points. And once again, they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So you put that along with Mike Zimmer. Well, we're probably two plays away from being 2-0. and You know, you and I, you and I are two TV contracts from being away, uh, uh, away from being on ESPN. You know, we're probably two plays away from being 2-0, and so. But guess what? We are. Oh. Never going to be on ESPN, bro. I know. They played the Bengals and the Cardinals this year, mm-hmm. and they've given up 37 more yards than they gave up after two games last year, which were against that team from Wisconsin, a little bit better than Cincinnati. A little bit. And in Indianapolis. With Phillip Rivers, and they were the playoff team last year. Right. And this year we gave up 37 more yards total, 913 after two games playing these two teams. I heard some talk shows after yesterday saying people defending the defense. You know what? Sure, the pass rush is better, but your tackling's just as bad and your secondary sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, Mrs. Kennedy, how was Dallas? Am I am I wrong? No. They got the worst tackling. Oh that Breland couldn't tackle Lieutenant Dan, dude. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Yes, I know that. <laughs> well, before <laughs> Lieutenant Dan got his leg blown off, he's a pretty athletic guy. So was it was it pre-war wound Lieutenant Dan or post-war wound Lieutenant that, Dan? That Patrick Peterson attempted tackle on that tight end after that triple deflection play. Yeah. That was embarrassing. You have to watch sit in the film room and watch yourself. What do you say to your teammate? You know, we're probably two plays away from being two and all. So So where does this all lead back to though? Let me ask you this then. Where do we go? Where do we go now? Where do we go? You've got horribly, uh, horribly fundamentally, horrible, fundamentally. Well, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. They're fundamentally terrible. They're fundamentally bad. Fundamentally. Examples of fundamentally. 
Yeah, it, fundamentally, you got to start somewhere. Start there. I mean, is is this going back to coaching then? I think it is. I mean, you could divvy it all up. There's a big blame pie going. Some people blame the coaches. Some people play the players. But there's so many little details. We talked about this all season. We talked about it last year, Ted, and we were on the we were on the GMG about the details of the game. Mm-hmm. Every game comes down to that what I call the crucial handful. We've all had a crucial handful at one time in our life. I I love you. <laughs> and when you got oh. that, you got that crucial handful. You better, <laughs> you better take advantage of it. And we. <laughs> It came down to a handful of plays again yesterday, and the Vikings don't follow the details. And I will revert back to Herm Edwards. If we have Herm Edwards was on this show right now, he would say, yes, it's coaching. you either coaching it or allowing it to happen if it keeps happening week after week. Now, they cleaned up the penalties, but still, so many details are missed. So many. The basic fundamentals on, on, on defense just aren't there. Uh, they've been a bad tackling team for two years now. I think a lot of the bad coverage is on the calls that they're making. I mean, how how far off were guys like Breland and Peterson playing on on Rondell Moore and down? They were playing ten yards off the the line almost. I mean, they were they were giving them those plays all afternoon. And to Arizona's credit, they were taking them. And you know, another thing I want to bring about about Mike Zimmer, he just notoriously hates kickers. You know, he's gone through kickers like. Like Lindsay Lohan has gone through straws. We love you, Lindsay. If you're watching, we love you. Is he hates kickers, yet every week he seemingly goes, Well, you know what? Let me get kicked in the privates again, and we'll see if a kicker can bail me out this week. It's like he doesn't learn. And no, no, are these kickers, are the kicking issues interrelated? No, it's, it's, I don't think it's a continuing curse, but it's a thing. And if I, if this thing was bothering me after seven years at the helm, I would do something to eliminate that thing. And that would be making a field goal as short as I possibly can or just going for the end zone and not even worrying about kicking. But here we are. It's time to move on to our Drew Bunning question of the week. Mike Zimmer says, hey, this can still be a really good football team. You know, we're probably two plays away from being 2-0. and So, But the Minnesota Vikings sit at 0-2 along with – the New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Giants, the Falcons, and either Detroit or Green Bay, whoever wins the Monday night game. Is it time to panic at 0-2, Drew? I'm going to say no. And I know a lot of people are probably going to rip me for that, but they didn't lose 45-10. to 10. If that would have happened yesterday after the Bengals lost and then followed up with that, I would say real panic time. But the Vikings, they have a really tough road ahead. Next two weeks is going to be whether you're going to start panicking. Even if they blow the game at Seattle, and Seattle's beat us seven times in a row, uh, I would think 0-3, the panic gloom kind of starts setting in. But that Browns game, that will be the definite hit. The, is there such thing as a panic button? You know, we're probably two plays away from being 2-0. and So Hopefully it makes a noise in Ziggy Wolf's office, wherever that is. <laughs> I'm not happy with how things are going, but – Two more games. Going to Detroit, 0-4. And and I'm not going to say we're favored about anybody anymore. But 0-4, that is serious panic time. So right now I am not panicking. All right. Uh, You know, honestly, and and this gets thrown around so much this time of year when teams start 0-2. Like, historically, teams only make the playoffs like 11% of the time. 
or 11.7, whatever it is. Can I change my answer? I am now panicking. <laughs> I have a full freaking panic mode. I didn't know that stat. But but see, my thing my thing is that was on the 16 game schedule. You you now have 17 games, and you now have the seventh playoff spot as well. So I, although the the other teams at 0 and 2, you know it, it's not a who's who of of all time great teams in the National Football League. The thing is, I'm kind of like the leader here. Yeah. Kind of like the king of the dipshits. I agree with you. I don't think it's panic time yet, but there there is a level of concern when you see the repeated, you know, the bad the bad coaching oh. situation at the end of the first half. No. And the, hey, two plays away from being two and all. Really don't like hearing stuff like that because that just seems like you're you're grasping on to a, a loser type mentality. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, upcoming Seattle Seahawks game in the in a second, but before we do. It's time to move on to our fantasy football segment. As you know, throughout the course of this season, Toonses, Drew, and myself are picking a, a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end every week. You only pick them once, and whoever wins the most of these individual games, you guys get to get to pick who we who you think has the best team, and the winner who, who picks the most gets this, uh, this all-time Vikings great card plaque that uh, Drew's showing in front of the camera. Really awesome. Got all your favorite Viking, old-time favorite Viking. As of this recording, we don't have a winner yet. Here, here's how close this week is. I currently have 61 points. Tunces has 57.9 points. And Drew has 57.4 points. But because this is Monday night, we still got the Monday night game between Detroit and Green Bay. And I still have Aaron Jones. Tunces still has Devontae Adams. And Drew still has Devontae Adams and Detroit tight end TJ Hawkinson. Whoever ends up winning this week's contest, when we publish the show on Friday, Tunces will announce that winner in a comment that you'll pin to the very top of the comment section of, of this video on our YouTube page. So, yeah, and, and it's pretty simple. We're going to pick a, a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. You decide who you think has got the best team that week. And, again, like Drew said, we can only pick one, a player one time. We can't go back and pick them twice. For those of you that whoever picks the most, in this contest, wins that prize. So, at the end of the season, if you win one week, win the next week, you yep. keep going. Keep, keep stacking wins like Rambo stacks bodies, and you'll be a winner. <laughs> uh, one other rule about this, we do not pick any players from the from the Thursday game. So, this week's game uh, is Carolina at Houston, and we are not eligible to pick any players from that game. So, Juntus is bummed. You can't use any Houston Texan players. Yeah, I know. I was I was going to go with Tyrod Taylor, even though he's going to be out like <laughs> half the year. All right. So this week, I think I'll go first. I don't think I've gone first yet. So my quarterback, a Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes. Running back is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. The other, other wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. And my tight end is Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are three of my guys. I'm are they proud. really? <laughs> we don't. We don't talk, folks. We do these no, on we our don't. own. Ted we is don't. very. Ted hides his picks. He won't talk about. It. He won't even. He won't give a smidgen of what he's where he's going with his picks. But classified. I, will, I could. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I will. <laughs> I will give mine now. My quarterback is Jalen Hurts, who plays Monday night. So. When I'm down by 100 points, I'll still have to be able to say I got a quarterback plan. My running back is Austin Eckler of the Chargers versus the Chiefs. And one of my wide receivers is Tyreek Hill. 
My other wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and my tight end is Darren Waller. Waller. Wow. So our, our wide receivers and tight end, we're not going to make any ground on each other. That, the first week we had three people, too. It's weird. Yeah, we dude. did. Yeah, we did. Toots is who you got. All right. I only have one the same as you guys. My quarterback is Kyler Murray. Running back. Rubbles picked him. Running back, David Montgomery. Wide receiver, Henry Ruggs. Wide receiver, Tyree Kill. And tight end, Noah Fant. I, I almost picked Ruggs and uh, Kyler Murray. We, we were almost – we were almost matching pretty much player for player. So this is the first time that we all three have one player the same. We haven't had that yet with Tyree Kill. Oh, yeah. So yeah. kind of cool. David Montgomery, who's the Bears, right? Yeah. He had a pretty good game last week, too. Not to be confused with the great Elizabeth Montgomery. <laughs> we don't want to – you remember her, don't you? Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish she could come in and, and wiggle her nose and the Vikings and be 2-0. Hey, we're one nose wiggle away from 2-0. and oh. <laughs> Well, it's uh, two scales away from being taking Michael Anthony's job and being in Van Halen, too. <laughs> I sent an audition tape in for the Doobie Brothers in the 80s when they had looking for a bass player. Did you really? They didn't say I suck, but they didn't say I was any good either, so I guess I'm okay with it. That's pretty cool, though. I never, in fact, tried out for the Doobie Brothers. I smoked a lot of Doobies, though, so I, made a ba- I balanced it out <laughs> in the end. All right, so that's our fantasy football team picks for the week. Again, from from the three uh, from the three players or from the three teams, tell us in the comments section which team you think is going to win, mine, Drew's, or Toons's, and whoever had picks the most winners at the end of the year is going to win that prize. Hell of a value. Lots of good players on there. Chuck Foreman. All right. It is time to move on to our weekly preview. <laughs> Oh God! How are we? How are we still on the air? I don't even know. Unscripted, unprepared. <laughs> we got it all covered. Ted, yeah. unprofessional. We may not know what we're talking about, but at least we don't know when we're going to talk about it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we're two good segments away from having a good show. You know, we're probably two plays away from being two and all. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, this week, the one-and-one Seattle Seahawks come to town. It's the home opener for the Minnesota Vikings. And again, we are going to do our preview, old-school NFL Today tribute style. We've got Seattle Seahawks. So let's talk quarterback first. Russell Wilson versus Kirk Cousins. Cousins Cousins has played really well this season, man. It's a tough call. Russell Wilson, you know what that guy's all about. Everybody who watches this show knows what he's about. If you watch football, you know everything that he does. No sense of going over it all. Playmaker, mobile, really smart quarterback, mobility, make plays out of the pocket. There's nothing you haven't seen him do. He's a, he's a really great football player. I'm giving him the slight edge because of that playmaking ability and the fact that he's never lost to the Vikings. And until they beat him, uh, he gets my check mark, Ted. That's a fair grade. I'm going to give this category a push. You know, I, I want to give Kirk his due here. I mean, okay. through, the, through the first two games of this season, Kirk Cousins has done everything imaginable to get the Vikings a win other than kick a ball through the uprights, which isn't his job. <laughs> and I, I'm sure there's a few people out there blaming him for missing a field goal. I would like to think that Kirk has maybe turned a corner in this, in this narrative that he doesn't rise up 
in the moment. I mean, he has done it two games in a row, and and for whatever reason, the Vikings haven't won, but whatever those reasons are, Kirk Cousins is not amongst them. You are absolutely spot on about Russell Wilson. Guy's an absolute playmaker. Owns the Vikings. Never lost to the Vikings. But I just, I mean, if you're telling me, do I have which quarterback do I want to take if I'm going to pick a team or if I'm going to start a team, I'm probably going to take Russell Wilson. But I, I'm I'm going to defend Kirk here. I, I think he's had a good season, and I think he can match Russell Wilson play for play. All right. So running back, uh, you know, I was looking it up earlier. The the Seahawks are like 26th the NFL in running the ball. They're not special backs they're not bad but I don't think those are guys you have to uh, scheme against if you're a defense Dalvin Cook is is one of the best running backs in the NFL I give this category to the Minnesota Vikings Seattle 45 rushes 217 yards and two touchdowns Vikings 49 rushes for 244 yards and one touchdown so they're pretty close right across right across the board but I give the Vikings the check mark on this. The only way I wouldn't is if Cook can't go. Uh, that way, I, I would probably lean just a tiny bit towards. I don't think there's much after Cook when it comes to the Vikings with the running game. So with Cook playing, I I will give them the check mark. Uh, I'm going to give the Vikings the check mark here, Ted. All right. What about the receivers receiving game? Uh, very tough here for me with Lockett and Metcalf, two star wide receivers. But we also have two star wide receivers. Neither tight end, Ted, seems to be playing into the offensive plans for either team this year. Everett, not to be confused with Chrissy Everett, <laughs> he only has three catches for 23 yards on the season, wow. which I don't know what Conklin has. It's probably He has a touchdown, but still, neither tight end has really done anything for their respective team. I'm going to give the, the Seahawks a slight edge here, Ted. You know why? I'm going to give it only for one reason. Why is that? All the starters across the board are dynamic superstar players. But Seattle stretches the field more. They throw more chunk long plays. I'm going to give it to Seattle just for the fact that they throw it deeper. more. They throw deep more often than we do. I'm going to give the, the slight edge to Seattle as well. Justin Jefferson, although K.J. Osborne has been a very pleasant surprise, and I think the, the three Vikings wide receivers match up really well with Lockett, Metcalf, and, and Freddie Swain, who's probably their, their third wide receiver. I just think Justin Jefferson has been a little bit off this year so far, and I don't know if it's because he's getting more coverage in the back end but from the secondary, but I, I just, I'm just i just going to give the ever, ever so slight an edge to Seattle as well. For the offensive line, you know, I'll go first this time, and I, I think I'm going to give, after I saw what happened against Against Cincinnati in week one, I was prepared to, to give the opponent offensive line the check every single week. But against Arizona, the Vikings offensive line bowed up and played a pretty good football game. You know, Rashad Hill, I think, is still the weak link there. He's got, I think, only a uh, 39.8 PFF grade after two games, that, and that's not good. But Garrett Bradbury had a good game. Ezra Cleveland had a good game. Only Udo had a pretty decent game. I'm going to give the slight edge to the Minnesota Vikings and hope they can maintain that this week because primarily because I think the defensive line they are facing is not as formidable as the defensive line the Seattle offensive line is facing. So I'm going to give this edge a little bit to the Vikings on this one. I am in complete agreement with you on Ted. My, it's like you're reading my notes. I got the same thing written down. I, I The jump they made from the poor play in the, in the Cincinnati game to – when they played the Cardinals last Sunday, they only allowed one sack. 
I think they only had two penalties, which went from six sacks and what, 12 penalties the week. Yeah. They made such a, a vast improvement. I too am giving them the check mark going into this week. Uh, Seattle has three new starters on their offensive line. Their center, uh, Ethan Ponsick from LSU, he is on injured reserve. Uh, they have a really good left guard with Damian, uh, what the hell's his name? Damian Lewis. Mm-hmm. But they still have three new starters on their low line. But the improvement the Vikings made from week one to week two has earned my check mark for this game. All right. What do you got for defensive line, Drewster? Seattle, Ted, they're in a base 4-3. We don't want to get too much into the base 4-3, do we? Their big uh, boy, Jaron Reed. Remember Jaron Reed? Yeah. Well, he, he got up and hightailed it and signed with the Chiefs over in Kansas City, which is kind of a questionable move. I don't know anybody. Well, I don't know why you want to play for them. They have Puna Ford, the great Puna Ford, <laughs> and they have Carlos Dunlap. We all know about him. Pretty good mm-hmm. defensive end. He can make some plays off the edge. He's a, and on the other side, they have three-year starter Rasheem Green from USC. It's kind of a theme today with USC with Steve Riley. The Seahawks have allowed 325 rushing yards in two games, Ted. 325, yeah. and that seems to me like a whopping amount. It is. 325 and 212 last week to the Titans. So 212 yards allowed last week. Checkmark Vikings for the D-line, Ted, because we know what we get. You know, the Vikings are 20th against the run, which isn't great. But but like you mentioned, after two weeks, Seattle's 30th against the run. And Derrick Henry went for 183 yards and either two or three touchdowns. He had a monster game against them in their overtime win. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings D-line as well. Linebackers. I'm kind of I'm still kind of waiting to see what what the status is with Eric Kendricks. I really like Nick Vigil after two games. The guy has made some serious plays, hadn't he? Dude, he's the MVP of our defense so far. I would agree. Yeah, after two games, it's it, yeah, I would absolutely agree. But defenders had, played. I mean, Hunter had a monster game, but overall, Vigil, man. Yeah, had that pick six, big turning point in the game. But the Seattle Seahawks have this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. His name's Bobby Wagner. Mm. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. He, he, Storm he's in the pretty middle. good. Yeah, you can monitor the middle, the middle linebacker. Jordan Brooks and Darnell Taylor flank him on either either side. I'm going to give this uh, because you know who knows what the deal is with Anthony Barr. If they're just going to announce, if they're going to announce his passing, I just w- wish they you know stop with this subterfuge and just say <laughs> he's on IR. Just announce he died. He probably died like in July. You got a body double walking around, Egan. Stupid. Anthony Barr. You know, Nick Vigil has made more plays in two weeks than Anthony Barr's made in like three years. Do you know that? Are you aware of that? Because I am. I noticed that yesterday. Oh, I don't even want to do my linebackers now, man. <laughs> Anyways, I'm giving this to Seattle by, by a little bit. I think Kendrick's is <laughs> a little dinged up. Vigil's really the only guy that, that is standing out on the Vikings linebacking court right now. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to give this one to Seattle. Body double and Egan. Are you sure you're Anthony Barr? I'm him. You don't, you don't look like he had a different haircut than you. No, I'm yeah. him. I'm him. I am giving the slight edge at linebacker to Seattle, Ted. All right. Bobby Wagner, patrol in the middle. Number one pick last year, Jordan Brooks. And uh, like you said, Daryl Taylor. Those are really fast and athletic linebackers. But I want to say this. I want to give credit to Kendricks and Vigil and the job they've done this season. All right, what do you got for secondary? 
Hmm. Passing yards allowed. Seattle, 271 they average. Vikings average 294. I don't know. Kyler Murray, did he get, what, 700 yards? That's yeah, he just, uh, he just threw another 20-yard out. Seahawks have two really good safeties. Two really good safeties with uh, the Jamal Adams, you know about him, and then Quadre Diggs. Uh, they got Flowers at one quarterback spot and DJ Reed at the other. The Vikings are a mess at corner, Ted. I can't – it's really, really tough for me to give the check mark because they're so – they don't know Breland and Dantzler, Peterson. They seem really confused at corner, and it seems like it's a mess right now. For that, I got to give Seattle a slight check mark on that. Yeah, I, I saw a thing today on Twitter where Bashad Breland is the lowest-rated cornerback for PFF in the NFL. He is essentially the Dakota Dozier of defensive backs, Bashad Breland. I would think, based on the few plays that Cam Dantzler was in, he looked good. He made a huge pass breakup in the end zone yesterday. I would think the Vikings are seriously going to look at Cam Dantzler replacing Breland. I mean, he just—he has just been burned to a crisp. I mean, did you ever see the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> Yes, I have. That's when the guy's eyes come out of his head. Yeah, so you remember, like, where Harrison Ford and Karen Allen are tied up, and, and they're like, whatever you do, don't look, don't look. They're like, the Vikings fans. Don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Mary, and don't look at it. Don't look, don't look. And that, that ray of light that comes out of the Ark of the Covenant is the ball going through the Vikings defense, and Bashad Breeland is the dude whose face is melting. Receiver screen to AJ Green. What I was that, dude? I don't know. We're I, at the ten yard line, so I'm going to play three yards into the end zone. So I'm giving this. I'm giving the secondary check to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. All righty, uh, red zone offense. So here's something: the Vikings are four out of five when they go in the red zone this year. They scored touchdown. They scored four out of five times. That's pretty impressive. The uh, the Seattle Seahawks have also scored four times in five trips to the red zone. Where this kind of begins to separate the wheat from the chaff as Seattle's red zone defense has only given up four touchdowns and 10 trips. If the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat Seattle on Sunday, they are going to have to score touchdowns in the red zone. They cannot settle for field goals. And we've seen that with Cincinnati. We've seen that. We saw that with Sunday, you know, playing, playing for a field goal. You have got to play for the touchdown. And if the Vikings get in the red zone, they cannot squander that opportunity. All that said, I, th I think Seattle's going to be a little bit better here. I'm giving my check to the Seahawks. With the way the Vikings melt down, the, the miscues in the secondary, just all of a sudden, just a huge miscue. Yeah. That in combination with a quarterback who, come on, Russ Wilson finds those miscues, doesn't he? He does, especially against this team. Especially against this team. You can't make big bonehead mistakes in your secondary. So I am, too, giving the check mark to Seattle because of the playmaker ability of Russell Wilson and the fact that we make too many mistakes back there. That that game against the Cardinals was, man, it's got to open your eyes for execution. So yeah. they get my check mark. What about special teams? Like Toots has said, each of the first two games came down to a kick, and this very well might come down to a kick itself. It was a critical miss by Greg Joseph, but I still think he's a better kicker than Jason Myers. Not to be confused with the spy who shagged me, Michael Myers. <laughs> Groovy, baby, yeah. I still think Greg Jovis is a much better kicker, baby, yeah. Myers has only attempted one field goal, so it's kind of hard to tell. But 
Uh, Barry is currently out kicking uh, Dixon, the punter for uh, Seattle. Barry has a 48-yard average, which is not too shabby. Neither team has really been burned on special teams by any returns, nor that they have returned anything and really burned anybody else. Yeah. So I'm going to give the Vikings a slight mark here. I'm giving this to Seattle. I have I have no confidence. After one week, I thought I thought it was kind of like a pulp. Have him as kicker. You know, you announce a new pulp, you'll release the white smoke. <laughs> you know, release the purple smoke. Have him as kicker. No, 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 we, we don't have a kicker. So for coaching, Pete Carroll versus Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer does ridiculously stupid things at the end of the first half that make me question his sanity. We talked about the special teams thing already. That goes on coaching. I've given this to, to Seattle. He outcoached Zimmer every time he's coached against him. Back yeah. in 2019, before the game even started, he said, I'm going to run it. That's how I'm going to win the game. So he actually told Mike Zimmer what he was going to do in 2019, that 37-30 to 30 win they had. And in that game, he ran it for 218 yards, Ted. And he said before the game, this is how we're going to win the game. And he still did it. And then the <laughs> next year, Carroll came back with the same game plan for 124 yards. He did it to him again. Shouldn't Zimmer have known the run was coming? That's what irritates me about Zimmer. He won't change anything, dude. He's a defensive genius, though, Drew. You got to – if you give up 218 and then you fly back into that city a year later, that's got to be stuck in your head. We may lose tonight, but I ain't giving up a bunch of rushing yards again. And they yeah. still got 124. Pete Curl gets the check on this. All right. Drew, why don't you uh, start with intangibles in this, this time? I got four. I'll run through them very quickly. Russ Wilson. When Russell Wilson's playing, he's always an intangible for the game. Always. Always is. Russell Wilson is a big intangible for this game. Home field. Will the Vikings, this is their first home game, home opener. Are they going to bring the intensity? Are they going to feed off the crowd? Are they going to use the crowd to their advantage? That is a good intangible for them. Seattle, like I said, just went off on the tirade about coaching. They have an advantage with the coaching, with the intangibles there. And my last intangibles is turnovers. It's probably with these two teams, whoever turns it over more is going to lose. And the Vikings, I think, only have one turnover all season, all the two games. Yeah, I think just the Cook fumble. Because Kirk, Kirk hasn't thrown an interception yet. You know, I don't give this one to the Vikings because they're due. They're, they're kind, of, kind of giving away my game prediction. I think the Vikings are going to beat Seattle. My intangibles, home field, I think, is going to be big for the Vikings. Home cooking. Everybody tells me once the Vikings get home, it's going to be okay. Oh, it's uh, yeah. We'll see. That's been um, the problem so far. But the, the thing is, they just don't look good against Seattle for large stretches of the game. Maybe that'll be different because they're at home and they're not on the road, and Seattle's a very hostile environment. Coaching is a big deal. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm not impressed with Mike Zimmer versus Pete Carroll. I don't think the Vikings have an advantage there. I uh, I'm I'm going to give the intangibles to the Seattle Seahawks. Drew, why don't you uh, give us your summary? You gave us kind of a preview, but what's your overall summary of the game? I think the seven-game losing streak to Seattle ends Sunday. Uh, I think the Vikings, you know, they lost the game. At least they didn't cash it in. I think they win this home opener, and I know I gave most of my check marks to Seattle. I just think the Vikings are going to come out and get this game done. I think they control the game a little bit. I think they'll, they'll win on the turnover battle. And I think for as much as Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, Mike Zimmer has given him some problems. Even though he's won, he's beat us every time he's played us, he's not had stellar games against us. He's had some no. pretty crappy games against us. 
But you know what? He's had crappy games and he finds a way to win because winning cultures do that. I think the Vikings are going to get the win this week, Ted. All right. So the first two weeks, I broke out a cup of purple Kool-Aid. Yeah, what's going on with the Kool-Aid, brother? This week, my friend, I have a glass of tepid room temperature tap water. What the hell is tepid mean? Room temperature, warm. It's, oh. it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be very good when it goes down. That's what she said. <sighs> I don't think the Vikings are gonna get it done. I I, really? I I I've lost all faith in Mike Zimmer as a head coach of this team. I, I just think he gets out coached regularly when he's up against a coach that has got a clue on how to beat people in this game. He doesn't do very well. No. Couldn't beat Cliff Kingsbury. He couldn't beat Zach Taylor in week one. I I have a feeling that the, the, the Vikings are going to be a little bit overhyped and and maybe struggle a little bit at first. And it's going to come down to a field goal. Only this time, it's going to be Seattle driving the field to kick the winning field goal. And they're going to make a couple extra plays, and they're going to get inside the 10 and kick a chip shot and win it. Okay. I'm, after beating us seven straight times, I, I hope I'm wrong. You got the Vikings. I got the Seahawks. Right now, we're going to commercial, and then we will come back with trivia, and we will wrap the show up. It's a new thing. It's a fun thing. It's a swing wing. It's a what? It's a swing wing. It's a wing wing. A fancy, fancy, fun thing. It's a what? It's a what? It's a swing wing, a fun thing, and every bump gotta have one thing. It's a swing wing, a wing thing, a brand new transit fun thing. It's a swing wing, a new thing. It's a swing wing. Get swing wing made by Transigram, where the fun comes from. It's a swing wing. It's a what? This isn't child's play, according to the Food and Drug Administration. The game is called Lawn Darts, and it is being exempted from a proposed ban by the FDA. The proposed regulations, perhaps to be finalized by the end of the week, would cause this game to be relabeled and sold only in sporting goods stores. The ban of this toy only to sporting goods stores would presumably help make the point that it is not safe for children. Welcome to Trunces Trivia. How you guys doing? Good, Trunces. How are you? I'm good, Drew. How are you? I'm good, Trunces. How are you? Good. All right. Today, we're going to do a two-part trivia segment. The first one is going to be some Seahawks-Vikings questions. Meow, meow. And the second part will be some password between you and Ted. Okay, cool. So let's start with some Seahawks Viking questions. Question one, through two games so far, who has thrown more passes, Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? I must say Cousins. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Correct. Wilson has thrown 40, Cousins has thrown 58. 
All right. Question two. Through two games, who has thrown for more yards? Wilson or Cousins? I, I kind of want to say Wilson because although Kirk had a good game yesterday, he didn't throw for a whole lot of yards. I think he had right around yeah. 200 or something. <clears throat> He had 244 yesterday. I'm going to say Russell Wilson also. Very good. But give Kirk some props. He had 595 and Russell Wilson has 597. So he's only two behind. Not bad. Really? Wow, that's yeah. close. Okay. All right. That's a, good, that's a good tasty, tasty tidbit right there. All right. Number three. Through two games, who has allowed more total yards? The Seahawks or the Vikings? God, I would think the Vikings. I mean, they got the Vikings have given up 913 yards in two games. I mean, the Vikings defense has been rolled like a waterfront drunk, man. I, I, mean, I just got to think it's the Vikings. I can handle things. See, it's <laughs> a real barn burner today. Um, I'm going to say Vikings also. How can they have more than 913? I mean, come on. Actually, the Seahawks have allowed through two games 461.5 and like, well, I guess that's an average of two games and Vikings 456. Might want to throw some grape juice in that tepid water. Wow. Next question. Through two games, this is a pretty cool stat. Bobby Wagner and Eric Kendricks are number one and number two in total tackles in the league. But who is number one? I'm going to say say Kendricks has more. I don't know. I would say Wagner because they had the overtime game, but the Vikings had the overtime game week one, so I have no idea. Okay. Bobby Wagner has 33. Eric Kendricks has 26. Oh. But still. Close. Sorry, Ted. I blew that one for him. Sorry. That's all right. All right. Last question. Who currently leads the Vikings in total reception yards? I believe it's K.J. Osborne, isn't it? It is, it, it is Osborne. It yeah. is K.J. Osborne with 167. Justin Jefferson is second with 136, and then Thielen with 131. So I think wow. there's a legit wide receiver three. Sure starting to seem like it. All right, let's transfer over to Password. Ted, you mm-hmm. have seven names or words that you're going to see if you can get through to say within 60 seconds. All right, Ted, you have 60 seconds and they Let's start do it. right now. All right, wide receiver, not DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett. Uh, this guy's the tight end. You talked about him in the preview. Uh, Everett. Former Vikings receiver, 2009 Rookie of the Year, played with Seattle, had migraine headaches. Sidney Rice, or Percy Harvin. There you go. Um, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Poison Pill. Uh, Hutchison. And then... Uh, wide receiver play for the Vikings. Now on Good Morning Football was the other poison pill that Seattle did the next Nate year. Burleson. There you go. His nickname was Moose for the Vikings for many years. Carl one. There you go. And then what's the name of the stadium that the, the Seahawks play at? Uh, no. Quest. Quest. Uh, no, it's it, they change it. So how do you measure the intensity of a light? With... What? <laughs> how do you measure the intensity of a light? Yes. It's not Watts, it's... Well, uh, uh, Ohms. <laughs> no! Ah, uh, Lumen Field. Lumen Field. Lumen Field. Lumen Field. I didn't know that until she sent me this. I, I thought, thought it was Field. Quest. I did they, too. They changed the name. Oh, uh, the great Lumen Field, Ted. We'll yeah. never forget that. 
historic historic lumen field in seattle washington i'm also gonna now i know how light is measured <laughs> i was thinking to myself you are asking that wrong question Ted. <laughs> what's that supposed to like do i look like a guy that wouldn't know about electricity or something i'm you're, the one that does all the handiwork around here you're in construction <laughs> Okay, Drew, it is your turn. You have seven words you need Ted to say within 60 seconds, and that starts now. Bust quarterback that was drafted by the Jets back up to Russell Wilson. Went to West Virginia. Horrible quarterback. Pass. Uh, Pat White? No, no, no. Pass. Uh, the wide receiver three you mentioned earlier on the show. Um, <laughs> not, not Hillary Swank. Pass. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Pass. Uh, Viking wide receiver, war number twenty-eight. I'm shot. Uh, quarterback, the great husky quarterback, great quarterback for the Vikings, war number one. Warren Moon. Uh, backup quarterback to the Vikings was a big bust. Ended up playing in Seattle. Just passed away. Oh, uh, Traverse Jackson. Right. Uh, defensive lineman, Vikings, face paint. John Randall. John Randall. Uh. Sideline, mustache for the Packers and for Seattle. Oh, Holmgren, Mike Holmgren. Okay, back to the beginning. Quarterback, not Harrison Smith. Oh, I said his name. Geno Smith. Oh, right. Geno Smith. The other one was Freddie Swain, man. Swain. I, I, I completely oh, drew a blank. That's terrible. Anyway, thank you guys for playing. Still rocking trivia, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Thanks Ted, I did my homework on it. I had it all ready for her. how many times has the Vikings played the Seahawks and she didn't ask it. Yeah, I, I was ready. Uh, I was ready on that, dude. I, I, I was hoping she would ask the, the, about the 1976 game, which was the homecoming for Bob Lertzma. The bench warmer Bob, they gave him a little purple bench. You know, anyways, whatever. Anyway, so about do it for us tonight. Again, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for commenting. Again, put your fantasy football uh, team winner prediction in the comments below. We don't take them on Facebook. We don't take them on Twitter. Please follow our Facebook page, Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Subscribe to the to our YouTube page. Like it. Ring the bell. Do all that good stuff you're supposed to do. Follow us on Twitter at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. My Twitter handle is at Purple Buckeye. Drew is the smartest one of the bunch and is not on Twitter. Keep it that way. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, way, you're way ahead of the curve, pal. We'll see you just in a couple days right after the, uh, right after the Vikings-Seahawks game. Hopefully, we'll be discussing victory, but win or lose or tie, because that's even a possibility with this team. Who knows? Uh, We will be here live. Vikings Report Rewind. Be kind, rewind. Drew, take us home. Don't miss our live show, Vikings Report. Riley Emmer won a prize Sunday. Great job for you, Riley. Hope you pick out something good from the vault. If you have an idea for the show or a segment you want to do or you want to get a shout out, let us know. We're glad to do it. Uh, Tonight is for Stephen Riley. Steve Riley, hell of a player, and uh, thoughts and prayers to your family, and say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted.